0: You're listening to Little Green Cheese, episode 54. Well, welcome back, curd nerds. Uh, I know it's been a long time in between shows, but uh, I've been very busy lad over the Christmas break. I have been making YouTube videos like they're going out of fashion. Uh, In fact, I've started up a recent series on Wednesdays, uh, which is called Ask the Cheese Man. Now, Ask the Cheese Man has been quite popular. And besides that, uh, so many people have also been asking where have the podcasts gone? So what I thought I'd do is to repurpose a little bit of this content um, that I've been producing in Ask the Cheese Man and uh, bring it to you here. Look, I realise that people um, consume their information or knowledge or entertainment, whatever whatever this is called, whatever cheese making is called, in different manners. Some people are visual; some people uh, use audio to uh, to get that information and to retain it and then to enjoy it. So, without further further ado, um, what I'm going to do is uh, pop in some of the questions that I was asked during Ask the Cheese Man session number three. Sherry writes, my question is regarding the use of unpasteurized goat milk. We have milk goats and all the cheese we make uses goat's milk. Question one, is it necessary to pasteurize the milk? What I mean by that, does it affect the end product? I understand it is safer and required by law if we sell it. Actually, I think they just passed a law in Australia that cheesemakers can use unpasteurised milk. Well, the answer to that question, Sherry, is that, yes, there has been a change in the Food Standards Act, uh, specifically under cheesemaking, where people in Australia can make cheese under certain conditions using raw milk. Basically, those conditions are that you must cook the curds above 48 degrees Celsius and that you must uh, mature the cheese for more than 60 days and it also has to be at a temperature of below 10 degrees Celsius. So I I think your question is how is it going to change the flavour really more than the law and all that sort of stuff. Raw milk cheese is extremely flavoursome. And that is because all of the native bacteria from the environment, from the grass that the animal eats, um, from how well the animal is, gets transferred into the milk and therefore gets transferred into the cheese. So raw milk cheeses, and I've only tasted one or two, uh, they are amazing. They have a, a completely different flavor than you would have if you had made the same cheese with, say, pasteurized milk. Because during the pasteurisation process, all of the all of the bacteria, native bacteria, I just talked about, or flora, they call it, is killed off. And uh, when you use pasteurised milk for cheese making, you have to reintroduce uh, bacteria back into the cheese, and that way you then have the acidification required for the rennet to work and for the lactose to get converted into uh, lactic acid uh, which makes the cheese sour and uh, and uh, over time flavoursome so yes you know it, you know the, the thing the thing about safety uh, I think if you're using your own animals which you are uh, you say you are and that you know how clean they are and that you use the milk within three hours of milking the the animal then you know it's going to be as safe as you you can get so give it a go. Um, you will find the flavour is more intense, um, and uh, it has the flavours from introduced from your areas. I think the French have a, a word for it called terroir, or terroir spelled T-E-R-R-I-O-R, um, and it means the environment that the cheese is made in. Specific cheeses have uh, that as part of their AOC um, certification in, in those sorts of countries. Anyway, the second question that Sherry's asked me is, can I use goat milk for all the cheeses you make? Um, I have on your website uh, and in your ebook, or does goat milk affect the way that some of these will turn out? Well, the quick answer to that is yes, you can, and there's a caveat uh, on that is that you need to use fifteen to twenty percent more rennet when using most of the recipes that, spe- that specify um, cow's milk uh, for the cheese. And the reason behind is that that is that goat's milk has uh, smaller fat glob- globules and is naturally homogenised. The cream doesn't rise to the top um, with goat's milk as it does with uh, cow's and buffalo milk. Uh, you don't see a cream line. So... Because the fat globules are smaller, you need to use a little bit more rennet um, to set the casein within the cheese, which is the, the white stuff that turns into curds, um, and uh, and you shouldn't have too much trouble. Pretty easy to work out. Just figure out how many millilitres of uh, of rennet that's in the recipe, and then times that by 15 or 20 percent. You'll have to experiment, of course. Um, you know, I've seen uh, goat's milk camemberts or fuzzy fuzzy goats cheeses, uh, as they're known. Um, I've seen blue cheeses made out of goat's milk. Um, Feta, obviously, is made out of goat's milk um, traditionally anyway. Uh, You can make cheddars out of uh, goat's milk. They'll be a lot whiter because cow's milk naturally has uh, beta-carotene, which uh, gives it a yellowy to orange um, colouring as it ages. So the cheeses will be a lot whiter. So hopefully, Sherry, I've answered all your questions and that everybody watching uh, or listening um, gets some value out of these these weekly Q&As with uh, Ask the Cheese Man. Now, um, after I recorded that episode, I'd realised that I had made a mistake. So the very next day, I had to do another follow-up, Ask the Cheese Man Q&A. So here it is. Well, g'day, curd nerds. I'm back so quick you didn't expect me until Wednesday and that's because last night I lost a bit of sleep and the reason is something was nagging me about yesterday's episode and it was about the question about um, how to adjust the recipes for goat's milk and I suddenly realised and I did a bit more research that I had (laughs) I was in error so really Let me just correct it. Yesterday I said that you're supposed to increase the amount of rennet when using goat's milk to make um, cow's milk recipe cheeses. It's actually the other way round. And the reason that is, is because goat's milk has a lower pH or a lower potential hydrogen, which means it it is more acidic than what cow's milk is. And being more acidic... You don't need as much rennet Because rennet acts upon the acidity of the milk So therefore you reduce the amount of rennet Used when using goat's milk with a cow's milk recipe Now where I got mixed up was Because I use cow's milk all the time (laughs) And when I use a goat's milk recipe I actually have to increase the amount of rennet By 15 to 20% So Unfortunately that's where I made the mistake, I'm only human, I did check my facts again for the second time and thankfully they are correct. So when using goat's milk and you want and it says cow's milk in the recipe, make sure that you decrease or reduce the amount of rennet by 15 to 20%. However if you're having success already with my recipes which are all for cow's milk and you're using goat's milk, don't change a thing, um, you're doing everything right. Well, there you go. Goat's milk is a lovely um, medium in which to make cheese with, if you can get your hands on it, unfortunately. All of the store-bought goat's milk that I can get around here is ultra-pasteurised, so it won't set a curd, unfortunately. Um, I'd love to get my hands on some fresh goat's milk, so if anybody who lives close to Melton, where I live in Victoria, then I would love to hear from you via email, and you can... uh, Shoot me an email via my contact page on littlegreencheese.com Now, there are quite a few listener questions and they are in the form of voicemail but what I'll do, I'll play one or two and uh, then that way we will be able to have more questions for future episodes instead of me using them all up in this one Anyway, here's the first one
1: Hi Gavin, Jackie from New Zealand I wonder if you could help me, please. Should it be taken as read that you put any cheese that you are maturing into a plastic box before putting it into your cheesecake? Thank you.
0: Well, thanks for your question, Jackie. Um, I know it's been about three months since you asked it, and uh, I I apologise for that. No, it's not a given. Um, you don't necessarily have to put all of your cheeses into a plastic ripening box to ripen the cheese. So and it may seem pretty obvious when when I say it. So if you wax your cheese, you don't need to put it in a ripening container. You just have to make sure that the humidity of the uh, of the cheese cave or cheese fridge is at least 80 degrees uh, sorry 80 degrees, eighty percent relative humidity. Same goes for if you vacuum pack any of your cheeses, so vacuum pack or vacuum seal, whatever you want to call it. Um, you don't need any humidity in the fridge. Um, you just have to keep it at a lower temperature using either an external thermostat or jerry-rig somehow the internal thermostat of the cheese fridge. The only ones that I use maturation boxes for are the bloomy rinds, also for any washed uh, rind cheeses like um, Munster and Tilsit. I also use maturation boxes for um, Stilton's, any blue cheeses, to make sure that they don't cross-contaminate other cheeses. And I've currently got a a Gruyere uh, maturing in the cheese cove. I've got that in a plastic box as well because I don't want that particularly contaminated, and I want it to form a natural rind. So there's some of the instances where you don't need it and some of the instances where you probably do need to put your cheese into a maturation box. Now, thanks for your question, Jackie. And here's the next question all the way from the United States.
1: Hi, Kevin. Um, my name is Murat. I'm calling from New York, uh, and I'm one of your uh, fans. I've been I've been a fan for the last couple of weeks now, and, uh, a few days ago, I tried my first, uh, feta cheese. Uh, I really want to thank you for the video. It's really instructive. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, I have a question though. Um, my feta turned out to be a little bit, uh, rubbery. I, um, I, I was hoping to get some, something like it more crumbly, uh, more fatty, um, like big chunks coming out of the cheese kind of cheese. Uh, but uh, right now it's in the brine. It's been like two, three days uh, it's sitting there. I tasted it. It's, it's, it tastes quite well, but uh, it's not like the crumb, crumby feta that I'm used to. What do you think I'm doing wrong? Can you please help me? Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Well, thanks very much for your question, Marat. Yes, I think I do know what may have gone wrong. It sounds like that you have... Uh, cook the curds at too high a temperature, or you have cut the curds uh, too small and they haven't retained moisture. The, the crumbly cheese does have a still, still does have a fair bit of moisture in it. Um, it sounds a bit like uh, you've created some sort of mozzarella there. Um, and I know that from over or from cutting your curds too small or from um, stirring it too long then you will have fairly rubbery curds another way that that may happen um by getting um rubbery curds is if you have pressed it at a pressure too high as well that sometimes happens but uh, definitely overheating i think maybe the issue uh it certainly makes the um uh, they make that that style of cheese anyway to to turn rubbery and the pace to contract Um, I personally haven't had that issue with making feta so hopefully some of my suggestions albeit a little bit late will help you make a better feta thanks again for your question Marat and we've got one last one
1: bonjour hello uh, Mr Weber Uh, I see your uh, I see or I look your uh, video for the cheese i want to do cheese uh, for uh, myself like you but i am to stay to canada i can find where place for buy renate in um, everything for eat cheese like you do
0: Well, thanks, Zachary, for your question. I think what you were trying to say is, where can I get cheese-making equipment in in Canada? I have done a little bit of research. There's a few places. Uh, There's one well-known one called Glengarry Cheese-Making Co. Um, I think that is in Quebec. Hang on, I'll just check on that. Sorry, my mistake. It's a Glengarry Cheese-Making and they are located in Lancaster, Ontario, um, I believe in Canada, so you shouldn't have any troubles getting any cheese making supplies from Canada. I know there are a few others but this is the only one I really know of um, because people have written in telling me that uh, they do a fairly good job um, of supplying cheese making equipment to people there in Canada. So I hope that answers your question, Zachary. Well, that's all we got time for this week, Curd Nerds. Um, I will be back next week, I promise, and uh, we will have more cheese-making questions. <phone rings> oh, there's a the cowbell. Yeah, it's definitely time to go. For upcoming workshop dates... And recipes, you can find them over at littlegreencheese.com, including my book Keep Calm and Make Cheese The Beginner's Guide to Cheese Making at Home. You can also find kits, supplies, and ingredients um, over at littlegreenworkshops.com.au. Now, if you want to support my work on the podcast and on the video channel Cheeseman.tv, you can. Click through to cheese making, sorry, you can click through to littlegreencheese.com slash support, and that'll take you through to my Patreon account. Thanks for listening, Curd Nerds, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Little Green Cheese podcast. During this podcast, you heard royalty-free music by Kevin MacLeod. I played Malt Shop Bop and Call to the Dairy Cows. Bye.